Hello, church. Happy Sabbath. So happy to see you once again. And what a beautiful day we have today. It is amazing how we've been getting rain all week, but today was a shiny morning, very beautiful one. And it's good to be together once again. It's good to be here. Uh, look at the person who's next to you. You might have someone, you might don't have anybody, but tell them, hey, it's good to be here today. Wake up, it's good to be here today. Smile because God is with us. We are in the presence of the Almighty. And praise the Lord that we have this opportunity. We have this beautiful opportunity to be together once again. Don't ever take this for granted, please. Don't ever take this as, wow, it's another Sabbath. I was dragged out of my house. I wanted to stay. I didn't want to come, but now I'm here. Please, allow Jesus to talk to you today. The reason why you're here is because God needs to speak to you. The reason why you came is because you want to have an encounter with Jesus. That's the main focus. That's the main reason. Don't let anything around it to distract you from it. Don't let anyone take that blessing from you. God has been preparing that blessing for your life. It is important for you to now claim that blessing, claim that promise. So before we start, I want you to please do what we always say to do when we come to church. Ask Jesus to talk to you. We're going to pray and we're going to ask Jesus, please talk to me. It is important that I get to hear your voice. Now, this week has been a tremendous week. I'm pretty sure you have been also really busy. And we get busy with so much noise and loud noises around us. Haven't we? We try to stay sometimes calm and peaceful and all of a sudden we hear the traffic. We hear the news. We hear the stories. We hear problems. All this type of good things that we end up hearing. But this morning is necessary for us to listen to Jesus. It is important that you put all those noises, good ones, to some extent, aside. So you're able to hear Jesus' word. So come with me. Let's pray together. And let's ask God to talk to us once again. Let's bow our heads to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be in your house today. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to see one more day, to open our eyes, and to see some family members, to see people here at church. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity once again to experience your mercy and your grace. As we are here today, we came from different places, different backgrounds, different needs. But we all are looking to the same specific goal. We want to set our eyes on Jesus. Allow us to see him once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. That's our memory. That's our verse for this morning. And it basically starts out by summarizing what we're going to preach about today. So I want you to go and Underline that part of the Bible so you can remind yourself every time you go through it, you can see it there and you can remind yourself of this message. Now, when we come to church, we often have two type of people, two type of individuals that come to church. We have the passive ones and we have the active one. A passive one is the one that comes to church and says, well, I'm here at church, all right. I mean, I had nothing else to do. I finally show up. Be okay that you see my face. And then they leave and they, they, they get asked, how was the message? Did you listen to the sermon? Well, you know what? It was good. I listened to it, but I don't remember what it was about. <laughs> 
it was interesting. I, I mean, I had fun. I, I know I liked it somehow, but I don't remember what it was about. Then you have the active listener. The one that comes, but not only comes and sits down, but he's also paying attention interactively. Writing down notes, maybe asking a question here and there, and then taking the decision to go back home and analyze more into what he has heard. That way he keeps on growing. So you have to decide whether you want to be a passive or an active. I recommend you be an active listener. Why? Because that way you keep on growing. That way you're not staying with what I'm saying this morning, but you can go back home and grow on it. Study on your own and keep learning what God has to tell you. Now the Bible opens up saying in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus. Set your eyes on Jesus. This is the message we have for today. Now pastor, we have been talking about this for the longest time. Why are we preaching about some other things? Well, let me tell you, before we go into anything else, we have to remind ourselves the reason why we're here. And the reason why you came. And the reason why you're looking at us online is because you want to see who. Jesus. If it's not Jesus, there is no reason for us to be here at all. And we often lose focus on the importance of this. We get distracted with work. We get distracted with life. We get distracted with so many good things to an extent. And we forget that our life depends on looking unto Jesus. Because He's the one that is the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one that produces in you faith for you to continue on trusting on Him. Well, today we're going to look also onto another parable. We've been preaching a series of parables. This is what we're studying on Wednesday nights. I encourage you to come and be with us on Wednesdays. It's beautiful, the study that we're having every Wednesday night at 6.30. You can either join us through Zoom or you can come to the youth room and, and you'll find us there. Um, Christ Object Lessons, that's the book we're studying. And we have some copies available for you today. If you want to get someone some, some uh, copy today after church, we should have them out there on the, on, the, uh, on the table as you leave. And you could grab one, grab one copy so you can have it at home and also continue with the reading. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 13. This is where the message starts and this is where the message is going to uh, be studying on. Matthew chapter 13, uh, verse 24. There is another parable that Jesus spoke. Now remember, when Jesus speaks about parables, when Jesus talks in parables, He is to show us one specific thing. The kingdom of God. When you read parables, God wants, Jesus wants us to understand one simple truth. How does the kingdom of God work? Now, this is Crazy to some extent because he uses simple knowledge, simple stories, and he tries to put those simple words, the magnificence of his kingdom, summarizes in few words, few lines. Often when we see those lines, we tend to pass our Bible over and we say, well, it wasn't as important as I thought. But let me tell you, we need to dwell, we need to understand a little bit more of what Jesus is saying in each one of these parables. So today, we have the parables, we have the parables of the wheat and the tares. 
Matthew chapter 13, verse 24, it starts opening saying, Another parable he put forth to them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Now, this parable is a little bit different from the parable we studied a couple weeks ago. The, the, the parable we studied before, it, it had to do about a sower went forth to sow and he, and he found four different areas, four different terrains where the seed would fall. Now this parable is talking about also a man, but this man has a field. And in that field it says, verse 25, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tears also appeared. This is interesting. The way this parable is shown, it tells us of, of something that used to happen in the East. There are a number of, of authors that, that, that mention that it was a common practice when someone had an altercation with another person, if so, when someone had an enemy, it was normal or it was usual that they would have to, to, to put guards on their uh, fields because it was a normal practice that someone would come and try to put a different seed in your crop. And you wouldn't notice that until the time of the harvest was to come. Now, it is interesting when you see the tares and the wheat because there is not much of a difference between them two. When you see them growing, you can see that both of them are green and both of them show arms. Both of them are very similar. It is so hard to distinguish between each other. Uh, I was reading on to this, and he said that years, years ago, they created this machine that is able now to pick the tares from the weed. But until then, there was no way someone could actually tell, this is a tear, this is a weed. It is interesting because tares are also known or also uh, called uh, the false weed. It is so similar, and it is also poisonous. For humans and for animals. So it is not a good crop and it is not good for you to have it in your field. Now, the story goes on to say, this man planted the good seed on his field. While men were sleeping, an enemy came over and planted a, so, uh, a tear on it, planted the wrong seed. Verse 27. So the servants of the owner Came and, came, came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How does it have tears? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us to go and gather them up? Now let's go back to this story because we have to understand what is happening, what is going on. And, and there's so many things that are intertwine here in, 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 into the lines that we need to, to figure out what exactly Jesus is saying here. Number one, we have to understand that the field is not the church, but the world. Often we believe that the field where the tares and the weed are planted are the church, and we establish that this parable is, is, is established specifically to the church. Let me tell you that when Jesus explains the parable, he says, the men bought a field, the men had a field, and the field is the world. And the weed are the sons of the kingdom. That's you and me. And the tares are the sons of the wicked. Let's look at it so we can understand more. And you don't just go by my word. Verse 36. 
Verse 36 on Matthew chapter 13, Jesus goes on to explain this parable and he starts speaking about the symbols on it and what symbol, what everything symbol means. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house and his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, he who sows the good seed is who? The son of man, Jesus himself. Continues on to say, verse 39, uh, 38, the field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tears are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Often, we wonder how can we keep Our family safe? How can I keep my children safe? You know, one of the biggest delusions we face in today's society, in today's philosophy, is that there is no devil, there is no evil. We tend to believe that as long as I am peaceful to everyone and I am a pacifier, nothing will come my way. If I am good, nothing will happen to me. If I establish that I do nothing wrong unto others, therefore, no one should touch me. Well, let me tell you, there is a different story here. Because Jesus says, even when you're good, and even when you plant a good seed on your field, there is an enemy who's willing to take everything that you love. And it will be delusional to say, there is nothing wrong happening in this world. I often get asked, why do we go through this? Why do God allow all this pain? Why did my family have to go through this situation and this condition? Well, let me tell you, God did not plant that and God did not intend that to happen. But there is an enemy who's here willing to take everything that you love. And the biggest delusion we can go through is thinking that there is nothing wrong happening. Therefore, everything should be fine with me. I tell you this one more time, usually when we work with the youth, you tell them, if you go this way, and if you do that, there's a consequence, and there's a result. So be careful with it. Often their answer is, nothing will happen. Don't you worry, nothing will happen. It is interesting how Jesus opens up saying, even in the field that he planted, There's an enemy that came and planted a different seed. I often work with my wife and I ask her, how can we keep our children safe? And we go and we pray for them and we tell them Jesus' stories. And even when I am tired, and I'm sure you go through this as well, sometimes you get tired from work, you're just drained sometimes. But you know, they need to hear a story. They need to have that connection with Jesus. And you do that extra effort to, to bring them the word, to prepare them a meal for them, so they can also get to know Jesus. And even in your best efforts, you hear them saying things that you are like, where did you learn this? Because it wasn't at home. Who told you that? Who showed you that? And often you find yourself struggling with the truth That at times we fall asleep. Don't you remember the story of Genesis? 
God put there the couple with everything around them, with a nice garden, all the good things that they could ever afford, they could ever ask for, and they could even think of. He gave them everything, but an enemy was there to produce a wrong seed. Even Jesus asked them, who told you you were naked? This truth did not come from me. I did not share that with you. Why are you listening to someone else? But they were quick to listen to who? The serpent. In our families, when we get married, when we start walking on this beautiful path of marriage, we go in it thinking that everything is going to be perfect, everything is going to be good. And sooner than later, that honeymoon becomes a bitter condition and situation. And you wonder yourself, why am I going through this? Why is this happening to me? Well, let me tell you, set your eyes on Jesus. This is the time that we cannot get distracted more than what we have already. So many things are happening around us that are moving our focus from Jesus and are telling us, go here, go there, do this. If you can get this happen, then everything will be fine with you. Let me tell you, there is no better place and there is no safer place than for you to set your eyes on Jesus. He is the author and finisher of our faith. The biggest problem we have is that we end up reacting like the servants in this story. As soon as we see the problem, we go to the master and we basically, we face him with our question saying, I thought you were a good sower. Didn't you do a good job? Because you're the one that planted this field and you're the one that provided the, the seed. How come then we see another outcome? We see tears in your field. I don't know how many of us could have questioned our bosses like that. And come to tell to the boss, hey, I thought you, you knew what you were doing. Look at what you're doing. Oof. What would be the reaction of a boss to that servant? Now, let me tell you. You were supposed to take care of it, but you fell asleep. But now look at this gracious father, lover, who's willing to work patiently with us. He worked patiently with us. Because he says, no, look at There's an enemy. Now when you see Jesus, he puts the blame where it has to be put. He puts the condition, the shame, where it has to be put. Often as, as, as Christians, as humans, since we are so quickly to react, we end up talking and then we start thinking. Therefore, we end up committing so many mistakes. And then we said, well, I should have thought of that before I said it, but now it's gone and you're a slave of your words after you have spoken of them, you have said them. Jesus said to the servants, listen, there's an enemy who did this. It wasn't my fault and it wasn't your fault. Someone else came. Sister White says, the work of judging was so important that God did not leave that job 
to any of his followers. He did not entrust that to me, nor to you. Therefore, be careful when you're with your little note thinking, well, this is a tear. I can see it. It looks like it. It dresses like a tear. It talks like a tear. I've dealt with him before. And we start judging people on their appearances. Only God can judge the heart and the motives of someone. So do not go out there thinking, well, I, I am a wheat, definitely. I've been here for so many years, therefore I'm a wheat. I, I've been established here for that long. I have the right. Fifty years ago, somebody gave it to me. Entrusted me with this. Be careful. No one can judge the motives of the heart. Only God can do that. God tells, Jesus tells the disciples, when they quickly react saying, do you want us to go get them up? We can clean the place. We can definitely do it. We'll fix it. And, and isn't that our answer in our common uh, conditions and situations? We go through something that is out of control. We can't fix it. We can't control it. We cannot definitely see the outcome of it. But we try to solve it with our own hands. Now we go to Jesus and we tell him, okay, yes, you're the, you're the owner of the field. Yes, you provided the seed. Yes, you were the one who worked for that seed. And you love that seed more than anybody else. Because that weed is yours. You're the one that knows the price you paid for it. Therefore, you own everything here. But let me help you. Because it seems like you don't know what to, how to take care of it. Do you want us to go fix it for you? And there you have humanity. Well-intentional people trying to help God fixing things. And the easiest way is we can go tear them up and we'll do what we can and definitely we'll help you. And we'll fix the church and the church is going to be full of pure Christians. And therefore you will see nothing else but holy people here. Amen to that. Often we try to find the solution of a problem we cannot understand because it's with the matters of the heart. I can hardly understand myself. How am I to judge someone else? As Christians, how often do we try to fix things that we don't understand? By doing that, we cause a bigger problem. Jesus, knowing that condition, said, do not go. Stop. Don't try to fix it yourself. Please don't move yourself too quickly trying to help me. I know what is happening. I am the owner. The time will come. When you will see the, the differences. You know the differences between, they, they call it Darnell. Uh, some uh, actors, some writers uh, say that Darnell is the type of weed that is so similar to, 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 um, to the weed that you, can, you can't really tell the difference between each other. The only way you will tell the difference is when they are ready to, to be harvested. And the, the reason why is because the wheat turns brown while the darnel turns black. And, and that's how they can tell. And that's how they would tell when, they, when the harvest time would come. And Jesus tells his disciples, you don't need to do that. The time of the harvest will come. 
there will be a time when devoted Christians will light and the darkness of the, this world will be as much that those small lights will keep on shining brighter and brighter as the darkness falls into this world. You and me, we are called to be catalyzers of this world. Changers. People who can move. People who can do. That's why my message for this morning is, set your eyes on Jesus. Don't get distracted. But pastor, we used to do it like this 40 years ago. And it was good. Don't worry. God is in control of his church. God is the owner of this place. He owns the seed. He owns the wheat. He owns you and he owns me. He will take care of it. But you should have known, pastor, we used to do it like that. There was better signals. There were better hymns. And we used to pray like this. And if it's not like this, it's not done properly. And, and you should stop all that. How often do I hear comments like those sometimes? And that's when I tell people, set your eyes on Jesus. Stop caring of how the other one looks, how the other one sees. God is the one that will make his church pure when the time comes. You remember the ten virgins, the ten women who were waiting for the, for the, for the groom to, to arrive? Five of them had enough oil in their, in their candles, in their lamps, and five of them didn't. That's one of the next parables we're going to study. And you will see by the end of the times, the Holy Spirit will do such a work that you will be able to tell who are following Jesus. But this is not for us to judge. Not at this moment. It is time for us to stop looking onto each other Seeing who has the truth and who doesn't. And set our eyes on Jesus. The parable tells us as well. That even in our best efforts. Even in my best intentions. At some point. I will fall asleep. There will be a time where I won't be close to my kids. And they will have to make a decision on the truth and the teachings they were taught. There is a process in this. And this process has to do, to do with giving Jesus the control of the outcome. We often want to have control over things. And that's the hardest thing to do as Christians. We come to Jesus and we want to give Him our lives and we want to give Him our family and we want to give Him our work and we say, please bless my work, bless my family, bless my project, but do not take the control off of me. Because that belongs to me. And yes, we want the blessing, but we don't want to surrender everything to Him. These servants, although they were very well-intentioned, they had to learn, leave it up to me. I know how to deal with my field. Isn't it beautiful? Knowing that God knows exactly what you need and what I need. Oftentimes, 
we find individuals either falling for some addiction or struggling with some conditions in their lives. And we tend to believe that by me coming and saying, this is where you're wrong, this is what you shouldn't be doing, this is where you miss, and this is where you should be changing, I am helping. But the truth is that I am losing the connection I had with that person. Even the friendship. In order for me to be an influence on to someone, I have to gain their trust first and their friendship. It is easy to condemn. It is hard to walk with someone along the way, showing them the best way to do things. As we go out to reach unto the world, we are not there to classify who's a tear and who's a weed. We are there to be light to the world. We are there to help people. In the midst of your despair and confusion, God has control over all the outcomes. And in the middle of that process, he's also telling us, wait, the time will come. There is a time, God has appointed a, a, a specific time when he will return for his people. In the middle of that, as we're waiting, his message for us is, set your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Pastor, but I was told this. And the one time I came to church after so many years, somebody told me this. Well, don't listen to it. But if you only knew the way I was treated, I probably won't know. But the one who planted you, it wasn't me or it wasn't that other person. It was God himself. And he's the one that sends the rain at a proper time. And he's the one who's calling you, asking you to come on to him. Set your eyes on Jesus. He's the owner of the field. He's the one that bought the, the seed with his own blood. He's the one that planted you there. But I don't know what I'm doing here. At some point I feel like I'm not doing anything. I feel of no use. Nobody listens to me. Nobody does anything for me. Set your eyes on Jesus. Stop complaining. God has everything under control. God will use you if you allow him to be for you. I want to finish with the last message Jesus says. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest... I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Jesus' second coming is nearer than what we ever thought of. Jesus is coming again to this world. And in that process, he's asking us, keep your eyes on me. Don't look unto any other. Pastor, all the things that are happening outside our church and all the things that are happening within our church, where are we going to go? You're not going to go anywhere. This is the place God gave you. And this is the place where he wants to use you. 
all you have to do is set your eyes on him. May the Lord bless you as you continue with your Christian life moving forward. If there is any disappointment, if there is any discourage, if at some point you felt that you were left out, let me tell you, the one who's calling you is not me or any one of us here. It's Jesus himself. He's the author and finisher of your faith. Give everything you have to him and you will not be disappointed. In this process, it is not a man's work, but it's a God's. He's the one that knows what's in your heart. He's the one that knows what you need. Jesus said it clearly when he spoke to his disciples. And he said, in this. I mean, there are so many doctrines. There are so many uh, prophecies. And everything is important. But when it comes to putting into practice what we preach, what we know, and what we say. He said, in this. They shall know that you are my disciples. There is one key element. There is one thing. That will be a proof that we are disciples of Him. That we have spent time with Him. That we know Him. The, way, the, the same way that John knew Him. Everything I've heard of Him. Everything that I've seen. Everything that I have touched. Everything that I experienced. This is what I'm telling you of the Son of God. This is the way Jesus said, everyone will know we are His disciples. If we show love one unto other. If we love one another. This church will be known as disciples of God. Not because we say we have the truth. Not because we say we know 28 doctrines. Not because we know all the uh, spirit of prophecy and all the, uh, all the prophecy in itself. Yes, those are key elements that describe the people that will live at the end of the world. The followers of Jesus. But if they have the testimony of Jesus, which is love one another. It is time for us as a church. To bring down all those barriers that are stopping us from growing. The way we can grow is by using Christian, is by using God's method, Christ's method. Love one another. When you see the rain, and we've been getting rain in the in the area lately, you will see that when the rain comes, the rain does not come over the good plants that you have but it also falls uh, it also waters the wheat and the different other plants that you don't want them to grow in your in your garden when the Holy Spirit comes into the church and it starts blessing the church often and quickly you will notice other things rising up as well our church is being ready and is getting prepared to receive the latter rain. The Holy Spirit is being working in our community. And it is working on the people who are online as well. And it's been working on our church in Quenel too. And this region, the Caribou region, is getting ready to be a fruitful servant of the Lord. But don't get discouraged and don't get fooled by thinking that nothing is going to go out of the way. A lot of things are going to start happening as well. And that's when we need to be reminded, set your eyes on Jesus. But pastor, I came to church thinking that everything was going to be okay. Well, let me tell you, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says, 
that God will allow the tear and the wheat to grow until the harvest comes. This region is ready to see Christians showing the character of God. Would you like to do that? Would you like that your family can be visited by the Lord? And that way you can portray a clear picture of who Jesus is. I need that in my life. Once again, set your eyes on Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. May the Lord bless you today. And as you walk out of the building and as you go out on your, on your different task, may you be reminded that in the middle of all this, we cannot get distracted. We have to stay focused. Jesus is coming again. God bless you.